In putting together company messaging or building a content marketing program, all of your work should start with understanding your target audience and who those personas are that you're writing content for. And a great way to know what their pain points are, how they search for information, and what they think about your company and your solutions is through customer interviews. These are gold for your company, but they're in, important to plan out and to conduct effectively. So today I've invited in Morgan Norris, who is True Marketing's resident expert when it comes to conducting customer interviews. She'll share her thoughts of all the different ways you can leverage the information that customers give you and how to conduct customer interviews successfully and efficiently. I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. I can't wait. Let's do this. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here's your host, Wendy Coven. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in marketing to technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues and industry friends of mine who will stop by to tell you their stories. And my goal is that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a quick shout out to True Marketing. True is a content marketing agency based in beautiful Austin, Texas, and serves companies focused in technical industries. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now on with our podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with Morgan Norris. She's a senior brand and content strategist at True Marketing. Welcome back to the show, Morgan. Hi, thanks for having me. So how many times have you been on this podcast now? I think four. Enough that I know where to look uh, into the camera. Oh, good. (laughs) Good. And at first we didn't even have the camera rolling. Right. So this is, you know, next level podcasting right here. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, before we dive into our topic today, uh, what have you been working on? Yeah. So I, I've had a big couple weeks. Um, we had this week, we've got a client that we just put out some major news for that a bunch of Uh, publications are interested in. And so we're facilitating those meetings with journalists and gathering all the background material and messaging for those. And then um, we're also, I'm also working on some corporate slide decks. So a lot of times we'll do these messaging product projects where we do all your brand uh, positioning and messaging. And then a, a great next step for that is figuring out how we directly translate that into an external audience. So we create these decks that end up um, being used for sales um, and reaching into different markets a lot of times where we're taking that message that we created and really putting visuals to that and making it something appealing that our customers can use um, across their organization. And one thing about it that our customers love is the deck becomes a consistent platform for their entire sales and leadership team to use. So you you stop the situation where everybody's using these like odd decks that have weird fonts. They just don't look professional and you're not telling the same story. Oh, come and on. So, that never happens. Morgan. What are you talking about? <laughs> it always happens. It happens I mean, to like the best of us. Every salesperson has their own slide deck that they created. It, it happens, happens to the best of us, but it's good. We often involve sales in the process. And so they get a seat at that table to say, you know what I really need is a product template or an application template or this great case study 
I never know what to say about it. And so we, we kind of put legs on all that and deliver something that's really usable across the organization. So nice. all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I knew you've been busy. And then I'll mention one more as uh, true marketing, we're redesigning our own website and as part of it, we're adding more videos. So you've taken a, a pretty big lead in scripting a ton of video. So thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> well, we're finding that video is so effective for people and, um, we're excited to get videos on the site, right? Where people can even just, you can read about what it's like to work with us and what our processes are, but also just to be able to see a face and, um, you know, get a little bit of a feel for what your marketing team would be like if you worked with true. So this will be a great kind of end product. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate you carving out just a little bit of time today because you are what I would consider true marketing's resident expert when it comes to the subject of interviewing customers. And I know this is something that a lot of marketers are interested in doing, but perhaps find it a little bit intimidating or not sure, you know, how to tackle this or if they should tackle it. So, yeah. um, so let's just dive in. Um, first, what are some of the reasons why companies would want to interview customers? Seems obvious, mm -hmm. but let's, let's walk through a few. Yep. So one is, um, overall messaging, right? So we do this at the beginning of most of our messaging projects because a lot of times a client will tell me, you know, what they think is most important about their company or their products. And then I'll take that and vet it against what their customers say and a lot of times it's different. And so, I, yeah, so I can give you an example. We had a client where they were, um, they worked in, in plastics, um, like plastics manufacturing, and they knew that their product in the plastics manufacturing line really cut down on scrap. And so they had this message of, they, they felt like it was super important to share with everybody that you're going to overall reduce waste. And so then we go talk to customers and I'm casually asking them about what their situation is with scrap. And what happened was they don't actually care about scrap. And this is, I'm making overarching statements, but sure. they really didn't care about scrap. What they cared about is once they reached a certain threshold of scrap, they have to recycle all that, melt it down, turn it into new plastic to use and put it back through the manufacturing line. And it takes forever. And so what happens is the scrap issue isn't actually their primary care about. The issue is that all this scrap ends up adding to their production times and they don't meet deadlines that they have for their customers. And that's their major pain point is uh. meeting those deadlines for customers. And so it was interesting. It's the same topic and it's the same um, core issue at hand, but the actual care about for the customer was time it wasn't material. And so through customer interviews, we're able to um, find out how to message benefits that companies have, that their products have. So that's a specific way. Um, it's also something helpful that we do in uh, like persona development when we're really vetting personas. It's a, I just came off of a meeting where we sat through and, and, did, you know, took our best stab at creating these personas. And now I'm going to go talk to customers and I'm, I will literally have my persona slides up when I'm on the phone with them and be, be asking questions so that I'm either validating or, 
um, kind of contradicting and rewriting some aspects of those personas. How cool to be able to hone in that specifically for those personas. Yeah. It's so practical. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a great way to do that. So when, um, when you and the client make the decision that it makes sense to interview customers, um, where do these interviews take place? Are you flying out to people or pre-COVID yeah. and post-COVID, as we should say? <laughs> so pre-COVID and post-COVID, we're doing them over the phone. And the reason being is over the phone, honestly, we're able to do, we can do 15 interviews over the course of a week versus trying to fly out to people. Pre-COVID, we, I never did them on video calls just because people, typically an engineer, a mechanical engineer who's on the plastics manufacturing line or managing that line isn't sitting there doing video calls all day. Right, so Right. That whole thing <laughs> just doesn't sound appealing. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm calling them. And a, a big thing for me is these customers, a lot of times, so our our clients have given us customers um, or stakeholders. It's a good point to say too, like if you've got a board of directors, if you have any investors, if you have partners, those are sometimes really good people to interview also. Um, but I want to work with them how they already work. And mm-hmm. so our cus- our clients have done um, a very delicate thing when they hand over their customer to us. That's a relationship that they've nurtured and cared for and they're giving that to us. And so I always, um, I want to work with them the way they work best. And that's typically a phone call. Um, but it can also be sometimes when you've got a really technical person, they're less, they're not as forthcoming on the phone and they would rather kind of write you answers. So if I know I'm working with highly, highly technical people, a lot of times I'll send them my list of questions beforehand and say, love to meet with you. Here are the questions I'm going to ask. If you're more comfortable just shooting me an email back when you have the time, then do that. Otherwise, um, you know, let me know sometimes that I can talk to you this week and that usually works. I imagine though, um, you would prefer to get them on the phone because I could see where the conversation doesn't stay to script. It probably goes deeper in some areas. You ask for clarification. You can start modifying as you go. Yep. 90 8% 8% of the time we're on the phone and, um, you know, often we're also getting extremely kind of reputable people that we're interviewing, especially when we're doing, if somebody asks us to, um, talk to somebody on their board, or that's often a person who's the president of a company and on multiple boards and they, they're extremely busy. And so a lot of times that'll look like, you know, let me know when you're driving home from work and I'll give you a call and talk through this. And those are just times when they're able to really talk freely about um, kind of the technology at hand and where they see things going. And, um, and we could do it that way. And that, that kind of leads me to another point of when we do customer interviews like this, again, 98% of the time, we tell these customers and stakeholders that their the information that they share is going to be presented back to our client anonymously. Mm-hmm. So they obviously know the list of people that they gave us. We aren't reaching out to these people at random, but their comments are not going to be attached to their name unless they specifically want them to. And the reason we do that is so that people can talk freely about, um, and, and really give feedback and insight about the company as well. And, um, 
that, that works really, really well. You also have a lot of times where you're working with technical companies and often the, their clients are, um, are heavily tethered by non-disclosure type of language, not even non-disclosure, but just some confidentiality stuff that they're not comfortable. Um, you know, they've been told by the large corporation that they work for that they should never, ever, 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 ever talk to media. And so, and we're not media and we're just trying to information gather. And so we also say that there, when we get customers to agree to do these interviews, that none of it's going to be used publicly. It's for internal research. And what we'll do sometimes is if we get really great quotes is we'll go back and go through their corporate process to get that quote approved. Um, but to give people the peace of mind that we legitimately are trying to gather really good information and we're, this isn't for marketing purposes to take the words out of your mouth and go put them on a brochure. And so um, that way we typically get participation extremely quickly and we get really kind of a level of vulnerability in the answers. Yeah. A lot of candid feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems to me, I'm imagining being in your shoes, getting ready for one of these. And we talked about, you know, all of the goals of doing this customer research. So obviously you have a list of questions in front of you and how long, how long is this an hour, three hours, 30 minutes? Yep. They're usually about 20 to 30 minutes okay. because oh, we've short. done the research beforehand mm-hmm. to know exactly what we're going to ask them. So if our customer is making a benchtop instrument that a QA engineer uses, um, I need need to have done the research beforehand to know exactly what that QA engineer is looking for so that I'm kind of validating answers that way. I don't, um, and I get the information from our client about, who that person is and how the relationship started um, just to not burden their customer. Yeah. Again, just that so kind of keep delicate it, relationship. Keep it you short, want to be really careful with it. Mm-hmm. So you research, have an organized list of questions. Have an organized list of questions and record the call if you can. Aha. Uh-huh. And because, so, so you're what, more focused in extracting the right information than making yes. sure you type it all accurately. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you're not focused on typing answer. You're even not focused exactly on your list of questions to answer. Hmm. But if they say something interesting or that sparks your interest, that you can ask a follow-up question to that. Okay. Um, yeah. And so a really solid interview uh, usually looks like understanding things that our client might not know about that customer and, and other customers like them. And so things we like to ask are, you know, how did you get connected to our client? What was your perception of them before you started working with them? What is it now? Um, is there anything that surprised you in the process of working with our client pleasantly surprised you? That's a key question because a lot of times there are things that they'll mention and they'll say, you know, I knew that the quality was good, but what I didn't realize is how quickly we could get these products. And we've been able to make massive shifts in what we can promise to our customers because we can get these components so quickly. And our client 
isn't messaging that at all right now. Right. Wow. And so we're what a wonderful to, differentiator to uncover. <laughs> right. So we're able to take uh, that stuff and say, we got to, we have to pull this up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I get to take the things that our clients have said they feel like are really important and kind of test those. And, and they might say, you know what? Yeah. In general, cost is important, but my sign off range is pretty high. So cost isn't necessarily as much of a factor as this other piece. And so we get to really help hone what those differentiators are in a meaningful way for our client. So when you have these interviews and you mentioned, Mm -hmm. I think that's funny to imagine someone's in their car driving or or whatever, it makes sense. Um, Tell me about one that went off the rails. Do you ever have some epic failures or odd things that happen? I I can imagine, right? (laughs) Yeah. So um, every now and then you get a really, really technical person that loves their job so much and talks to you for an hour and, um, and that's always fun. But some of the most interesting ones have been, I had a, I had a client be kind of brave enough to hand over. He, he gave me like 15 customers to call. And he said, a few of these didn't go so good for us. And I said, okay, which ones? And he said, I'm going to tell you, I want to see oh. how it comes back. Oh, yeah. I like that. And so <laughs> sure enough, I'm talking to a client, a customer of theirs. And they say, you know what? This didn't go very good. And he begins to tell me he had the the willingness to be vulnerable and say, this didn't go well. They, you know, they switched my project manager three or four times and I didn't like this. And we finally ended up at the end and the the product was good, but just the process was very difficult. And, um, I asked him if he, you know, we had said we would give the feedback anonymously. And I asked him if he minded if I shared that with the team and he said, no, that, you know, that's fine. I think they know. And I turned right back around and called our client and said, here's what I heard. And he gave me so many specifics mm-hmm. and it was so helpful actually for our client to hear those specifics, not in the heat of the moment. This was something, a product that had passed. Um, the relationship was over and I kind of laid out exactly what he had clearly said. Our client called their customer back after that and said, you know, I know this is done. Thanks for doing the interview. Your feedback's really important. Um, But they actually rebuilt that relationship after that. And so it was some, a a time when the negative feedback came around, people are willing to give me negative feedback because I'm a third party Um, and they're willing to share things that they maybe didn't like with me. And so it works pretty well, but that was something I didn't expect just to get like a, like a 25 minute mouthful of (laughs) how frustrated they had been and what the process was and where the gaps were in the process. Um, so in the end beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, um, when you started to answer, you said something about in this particular case, you conducted 15 interviews. I was Mm -hmm. just curious if there's some sort of magic number, um, for a given, I don't know, subject, whether that's persona or messaging for a product or, or whatever it is. And um, how do you get to that number? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it depends on the size of company um, and how many different kind of 
verticals they might be in mm-hmm. or how many different types of people that they work with. That and so sense. honestly, if you've got five different product lines and they all touch different types of customers or, or different titles within the organization. So what we find a lot is it big, you know, a lot of our clients sell into giant companies and this department doesn't talk to the department next door. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, it is actually helpful to talk to both of those people for a company, for a client of ours, that's a 50 to $150 million business. And they have a, a handful of significant clients five to seven interviews is usually great. Um, but again, for a company that's, uh, you know, at half a billion and up 15 is probably a better number and in incorporating some partners or board members or other types of stakeholders when, when you're increasing the number of interviews is really informative too. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you complete, say you've talked to your five to 15 or whatever that number is, you've completed your interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned that for the most part, they're anonymous. So obviously you're aggregating this information. Mm -hmm. How do you package and present the results back to leadership? Yep. So what happens inevitably is there are themes that bubble up through these conversations where you're beginning to hear some of the same things over and over again, or the same types of care abouts. And so usually if I'm doing five to seven interviews, I look for kind of three to four common threads. And, um, and then after I've identified those common threads, go back to your recording. I'll go back to my recordings and pull from my notes, the specific quotes of mm. what are what those customers said, mm-hmm. and it's so it's extremely powerful for people to see um, exactly the words that their customers said because they'll sit there and say, "Well, I think you know our mechanical engineers really care about X Y Z," but to see the exact words of what was important to them, um, what made an impact on them with working with a, our client, they want to they really want to see that. And so it's the themes and then kind of the direct quotes that support that. And, um, and then definitely usually calling out any, anything that was a surprise, even if it was an outlier surprise, um, it's definitely a discussion point because if you gave me five customers to talk to and somebody mentioned something that was pretty off the wall, like they had no idea there was this side of your business or you launched a new product and I brought it up and they had never heard of it. Or if there's anything like that, always want to bring that up because it's a, it's a topic for discussion and how are we going to approach that? Do we need to approach it with marketing? Um, If there are any misconceptions that they had, let's bring those up and figure out how we address those or if we need to with content moving forward or um, you know, educational pieces or thought leadership as we, go on in marketing. Wow. That's, I, I'm just imagining hearing all of this feedback and how valuable it is. And I understand now why, um, when we, you know, we've been doing brand positioning and messaging, uh, as a service with true since the beginning, but we now pretty much try to always insist on adding customer interviews into the mix when we deliver the service. And I see why, because you're substantiating, you know, uh, either, either validating what you think internally mm-hmm. or you're finding, wow, there's this, 
complete other side to the business that's important that we're not messaging on. So it really does change the outcome of how you position your company. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I'll just add is don't hesitate to do it. I mean, like you said, where it's something we really recommend, but usually customers feel extremely honored that they're considered kind of in your top tier of customers and you care about their opinion. And so um, we did this recently with a client that was going through kind of an acquisition, rebranding. And um, we said, you know what, just let us talk to some of your customers before we decide how the customers feel. Why don't we just talk to them and ask them? And sure enough, it's so non-threatening, especially coming from a third party and customers really do feel valued um, through the process and they feel like their opinion was heard even more than you think about. Sometimes you get to fill out a customer satisfaction survey Mm -hmm. and you send that off, but you're actually talking to a person who's asking you follow-up questions and cares about what the process was like and um, wants to hear your take on the industry. And so um, it's actually, I, I feel like it's really valuable on, on both ends. Great advice. Great advice. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your wisdom about customer interviews. And I hope those of you listening that are considering doing this now have um, more ammunition and advice on how to go get started. So uh, uh, Morgan, if people want to connect with you and learn more about this topic, where can they go? Yeah. So um, they can, people can connect with me on LinkedIn, people uh, can visit ontruemarketing.com. We've got a lot of um, resources around, there are a few blog posts around uh, customer interviews specifically. And then in the content marketing engineered book, it's going to walk you through a lot of, you know, we talked about using, um, using customer interviews to inform personas and messaging and telling your story. And the book itself is going to walk you through that entire process and give a lot of examples. And so that's a great resource. Uh, if somebody's looking for an additional kind of next step and how to take this on themselves. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Morgan. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Visit truemarketing.com slash podcast for notes and resource links from today's episode. While you're there, learn other ways to grow your business with content marketing from educational resources such as self-paced training to hands-on services by the expert True Marketing team. You can also order my book, also named Content Marketing Engineer. Thanks and have a great day.